Hey, it's Michael, and this is the Kintsugi Podcast. I'll be back in a minute with this week's conversation about resilience. But first, if you wish to create a better life and have a better career, then please visit michaelobrienshift.com and download your free workbook on how to create a better life. In it, you'll discover ways to find more energy for the things and the people who matter most to you so you can create a better tomorrow. Michael, and welcome back or welcome to the Consumer Podcast. It's time for another conversation about resilience. And this one is a doozy. It hits my heart. It hits our country's heart. And that statement, I need you to get to the cardiologist, was something I heard from my primary care physician at around 3 p.m. on New Year's Eve as we're getting ready to celebrate the new year, to flip into 2021. Like yourself, I was eager to start the new year. Yes, I know. No mud, no lotus that through 2020, as we've chatted about on the Kintsugi podcast, is going to be a year of growth for us as we look back. We went through a lot in 2020. It was a challenge, and that's probably the understatement of the day. But it almost seemed like when 2021 began, especially here in the States, it said, hey, wait a minute. If you thought 2020 was a challenge, hold my beer. I'm going to show you how it's done. And all started, or maybe... It all finished with that phone call. The last thing that 2020 wanted to get into my life, you need to go see the cardiologist. And in that moment, my jaw dropped, my heart stopped. I was eager to celebrate, as I mentioned. And then I lost my, well, I lost my mojo. My energy shifted in that moment. Well, to give you some context, if you've listened to the Kintsugi podcast or followed along on my blog, you know that back in early December, I had to go to the emergency room. I had a bout of cellulitis. It's a byproduct from my last bad day, my near-death cycling accident. I have a propensity of getting it every three or four years. And this year in 2020, as, well, it's probably appropriate, I got another bout of it. It's pretty easy to treat. I know the signs and symptoms. I get IV antibiotics, and then I'm good to go. But this time when I went to the ER, I felt different. Usually I'm in a lot of pain. This time I just felt just awful. And my blood pressure was up, so they took an EKG. My blood pressure was up like I've never seen it in up in my life. Normally it's normal. Well, they took the EKG and when I left the hospital, I got back home on my discharge papers, it said my EKG was abnormal. But I didn't really have any more details. The nurse I spoke to said it's probably not a big deal probably just some hiccup in the reading. But that sentence, your EKG is abnormal. Well, it stood out like a sore thumb. So I went to my primary care physician as a follow-up, as you're supposed to do, but she didn't have the results yet until December 31st. And when she got the results, when she got the tracing or the reading, she called me immediately and said, I need to get to the cardiologist. She could see what was abnormal in my reading. When I got off the phone with her, I did exactly what you shouldn't do, what we all know not to do when you get a health diagnosis or you feel ill. But I did it. You probably already know what I did. I went to Google. 
and I became even more scared reading about abnormal EKGs and what it meant for me. Everything I read was no bueno. So I lost my buzz for New Year's Eve before I even got my buzz on for New Year's Eve. And it was so distracting. From that period on December 31st through last week, I couldn't focus. I made a mistake on my blog post on one of the images I created. And then it just so happens that a whole bunch of people shared it on social media because they loved the message and they didn't see the typo either, but I did. It stood out like a sore thumb. And that just got my head spinning even further. And every time I felt something in my chest, I wondered, okay, hey, heart, is this the moment where you're going to stop? Are you going to have like a heart attack? Are you going to have a stroke? Like anything in my chest area made me worry. It felt like it was a total assault to my identity because I like to think of myself as a healthy guy, as an athlete, into mindfulness, the whole nine yards. And by the way, like how can the pause, breathe, and reflect guy have a heart issue, I thought. So again, it was a total affront to who I thought I was. I cried a lot. I worried a lot. I tried to, you know, grab my PBRs, my pause, breathe, and reflex, as we do. And those did help to help me stay in the moment, but they didn't last that long. So again, when I wasn't present, I cried a lot. I worried a lot. I even beat myself up because I thought, well, maybe I did this to me. Something I wasn't doing, something I was doing. Maybe there was something in my diet. Who knows? Like I just started to blame myself. As we often do when we get in our own head, we personalize things and we think we are the problem. We happen to be our own worst boss consistently. Again, try to stay in the moment. Try to grab my PBRs as I often share with you, to grab your pause, breathe, and reflect moments. And again, in those moments, I thought it might be a fluke, that there was some type of error. Just like the nurse said, it's not a big deal. There's some type of error. But staying present was so tough, as it is when there's a whole bunch of crazy going around. And then Wednesday, January 6th happened. And when I watched TV, my jaw dropped and my heart stopped. I started my professional life in DC. That's where I began like this next chapter of my life after college. I met my wife there. We had our first child there. I played ultimate Frisbee on the mall. I biked in Rock Creek Park. My first territory had Capitol Hill in it. So I knew the Capitol Hill police. I used to have lunch at Union Station, not too far from the Capitol building for the US. I even delivered a fax machine with a fellow sales rep, to George Bush's administrative offices in the White House. D.C. was in my blood, still remains in my blood. What I saw on TV, as it did so many people, hopefully everyone, but I know it's not everyone, it frightened me. And I cried a lot that day. I worried a lot. I was mad. I tried to PBR, pause, breathe, and reflect. But that night on the 6th, it didn't help much. I sort of just drifted off to sleep. Because here's the thing. I always viewed the White House as our nation's mind, our brain, if you will. As the leader of the country, right? That's our mind, the White House. The Capitol, Capitol Hill, that was the heart of America. 
representing the people. And then the mall from Capitol Hill all the way through the Lincoln Memorial, maybe stretching across the Potomac into Arlington Cemetery was the soul of our country, the people. But here's the thing. After enabling our mind to be filled with toxicity for the last four years and fostering its ripple, encouraging it, enabling it even further, our heart was terrorized last week. And now our soul, our identity hurts. Are we really that type of people? The images and actions last week, if you've seen them, are horrific. I don't have to tell you that. Especially when you compare them to what was happening last summer in 2020 with Black Lives Matter, like how the police showed up. With Black Lives Matter, it was all armored up, riot gear. Last week, not so much. Even though they had advanced warning that something was coming. So in so many ways, it was an assault as, as to who we are as a nation, as a people. In a lot of ways, if this is possible, I was one part wasn't surprised that it happened because we could tell it was going to happen. But then again, I was so surprised that it actually did. This past week, the hate in our hearts, because we are all connected, even though we don't care to admit it, was on full display. And the peaceful protests of last year that asked us to open our hearts to everyone, gosh, it seems so distant. So on Thursday, going back to like my heart, with a heavy heart, a heart that was hurting, I went to my cardiologist and she, he shared some encouraging news. He shared that perhaps the EKG was due to an athletic heart. So I've done some research on that. I'm feeling more confident, still have some tests to do just to make sure, but it looks like I'm gonna be okay. And so that gave me some confidence in the future. And as time has gone on since the six here in this country, I also know that we are resilient as a people. We're resilient as a country. So today, my mind is at ease, more at ease, and my heart feels strong. But last week and what I went through was a challenging moment of awareness. And in those PBR moments that I had, that we need to have as a country, I kept coming back to this question. And this is a hard one to share, especially since I'm a coach and I help people get to a higher level. So a lot of times, again, I place this burden on me as many people do. Like I have to be perfect, if you will. And I already know like we're all perfectly imperfect, but I still have my moments too that I want to be perfect. I am after all human, just like you are. The question I keep coming back to is, am I treating my mind, heart, and soul as good as I can? And the answer that I've come to over the last week is no, I still have more in me. I know I can do better. Maybe it's just 1% better tomorrow than today, but that 1% over time adds up. And I know our country can do that as well. I know you can do it as well. This is part about being resilient. These moments of awareness, once we have this awareness, then we have to decide what we want to do with it. And they can be the most challenging moments because these moments of awareness conflict with how we see things or how we wish to see things. But they serve up this wonderful invitation. 
to show up differently. And how we RSVP to that invitation is essential. Do we see it as a transactional event or do we see it as something that can be transformational? And right now we need transformational. Transactional events happen all the time. Those moments happen every day, multiple times a day, and they don't change anything. But transformational ones do. But they require awareness, which we've already spoken about, acceptance, hey, it's like this, action, accountability, and adjustment. They start by feeding our brains, our mind, with more love than hate. Because ultimately, where we go, where we go as a country, where we go as individuals, where we go as businesses, it all sort of comes down to how we see the world and how we see ourselves and the conversation that we have with ourselves. This past week for me, for you, for all of us, for the world, was a moment. And even though it was really hard to start the year this way, I'm optimistic that it can be a clarifying moment to help us become what we want to be. It can motivate us to create a better tomorrow, maybe 1% better every day for all of us. But it, it starts here. If we want to be resilient, we have to change the conversation that we're having with ourselves, with each other. It starts with feeding our mind with love, the love that it deserves. So if this past week, wherever you may be listening, felt heavy, I am so with you because it was a heavy week for me as well. Try to take a moment to pause, breathe, and reflect. Reach out to a friend. You can reach out to me. And try to see this moment as an opportunity, an opportunity to be 1% better tomorrow. And that's how we get up after we've been knocked down. That's the first step in becoming more resilient. And I hope you'll share this episode with those in your Peloton that had also a heavy week. I always appreciate you listening, subscribing, and rating the Kintsugi Podcast. We're going to get through this. 2021 started off rough, but I'm confident that together we can make it a better year. And I hope you're with me on that. So until next week, in our next conversation about resilience, take a moment to pause, breathe, and reflect. Of course, have fun storming the castle. And we'll talk to you then. Take care. Bye-bye.